I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Israel Gutierrez, Harry Lyles Jr., Woody Page, George Sedano. Now that is a real panel. How real these New York Knicks are. How real things are between the Packers and Rodgers. How real Giannis is about talking trash. We work out together sometimes so I can teach you how to carry your own team. KB, you're one of the best scoring players in this game. I respect your game. News of the day from the NFL Combine. Green Bay's Packers GM Brian Gutekunst saying the Packers. Well, what is he saying? Are they moving on from Aaron Rodgers is my question. He said he's comfortable. Jordan Love is QB1 to start the 2023 season. He says he hasn't heard from Rodgers' plans. And if he did return, Rodgers' contract would have to be restructured. Harry Lyles Jr. around the horns huge. Did the Packers just say they're moving on from Aaron Rodgers? I don't know if they said that outright, but it certainly seems like they're ready to figure out what is actually going on because they clearly don't want to do this thing that they did last offseason where they weren't sure if he was going to play football or not. So for them to come out and say that Jordan Love is absolutely ready to be a starter to me is the biggest deal out of all of this because he is the person that started this rift when they drafted him because Aaron Rodgers absolutely did not like that. And I think if you are Green Bay, you want to know whether he is actually going to be there or not because whether it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to do this thing that you did last year where you don't have that continuity between your quarterback and the receivers, and then you guys don't catch on until later in the season and you're trying to make the playoffs. So I do think at the very least they're trying to get an answer out of him sooner rather than later. Israel, did you hear the Packers there moving on from Aaron Rodgers? I heard a tone shift for sure. I heard a difference of, hey, Mr. MVP, please come back to us. We'll do whatever it takes this time to okay, we've seen what it looks like when you're not the best quarterback in the league, and we're kind of tired of all this other song and dance, and we have a quarterback that we drafted a few years ago that seems to be prepared, and we've played him a couple of games, and you know what? Not terrible. So it sounds to me like it's one of those situations where now it's an Aaron's uh, court, and it's to say, hey, how badly do you want to be here? If we want to restructure your deal, you can stay here. If you want to trade, we're still going to have to restructure your deal, but we can trade you as well, but it's going to be on our terms, really. And so I think it sounds like the Green Bay Packers are sort of over and done with this whole dilemma, this whole drama, this whole paying $50 million for a quarterback that we don't know what condition he's going to be in next year. If it's a lot more like this year, then it's not worth $50 million. So yeah, it sounds like a divorce is imminent. George Dano, how'd you hear it? Tony, it's certainly the closest they've come. I don't think there's any question to saying that they're ready to move on. But be careful what you wish for. I understand they didn't make the playoffs last year with Aaron Rodgers, and it did look for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he looked human and not superhuman like an MVP caliber player. But Jordan Love didn't show me anything last season. Like, I didn't see anything that said to me, this guy's ready to be a starting quarterback. And by the way, if he was ready to be a starting quarterback, they probably would have been willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers last season. How much growth has he made from one season to another with just a start or two? Like, 
I don't know. I don't think there's enough there. I do think, though, they have to see what they have in him because the clock is ticking. They have to pay Jordan Love or they have to move on from him. And then lastly, the clock is also ticking in regards to Aaron Rodgers because March 15th is when you can absolutely go in into free agency and they feel like as an organization they're going to have to have some semblance of an idea of what kind of team they're going to have to acquire, whether it's around Aaron or around Jordan because the, those teams will be different depending on who the quarterback well, George is. Sedano does not have faith in love, it seems like. The hopeless unromantic Sedano is. Woody Page, how about you? However, George, I remember a, a baseball general manager telling a player, we finished out of the playoffs last year with you. We can finish out of the playoffs without you. And that's kind of where they are when you say that Jordan Love may not be ready. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't ready last year either. He's just come out of the darkness and seen the light, I think. And that light is we are ready to move on. This first time I've heard them say Jordan Love is ready to go. Plus, you got to realize if they get rid of him after June 1st, it's going to go from like 48 million down to 15 million that the salary cap will right, be hit. That, so I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't blame them. It's time, and history repeats because Aaron Rodgers was part of this when Brett Favre was going through the same thing. Ended up with the Jets, so Aaron might be thinking about the that. The June also. 1 deadline would be why they would restructure, I think, in advance, so they could potentially trade him before this draft. All right, so, so Gutierrez is sure there's a tone shift here that this could mean the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm sure this is the last time we're ever going to do this story. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. Headline number two from the Combine. Let's listen to Bears GM Ryan Poles today. Justin did some really good things. I'm excited about where his game's going to go. Um, but at the same time, when you sit in our situation at one overall, you have to do your due diligence. You have to investigate everything. Poles has been very comfortable saying this for uh, multiple times this offseason now, the due diligence part of this. So speaking of diligence that's due, quarterbacks at the combine. C.J. Stroud will leave us, and Anthony Richardson will throw. Bryce Young will not. To throw or not to throw Israel? That is the question for these combine QBs. Well, normally, Tony, I don't really have much of an opinion on this subject and this particular, uh, you know, quarterback throwing. But and this this year I do. And I think it's very important for these guys to go out and throw and just sort of, sort of be a, a workout darling, if you will, try to move up the ranks that way. Because we only have the one sort of sure thing in Bryce Young, who's probably going to be the number one overall pick. But there are a ton of question marks there. And regardless of whether, and mostly around his size, regardless of what you think about all these other quarterbacks in this draft, a couple of these are going to work out. A couple of these are going to work out really well. And so maybe it's Anthony Richardson, the you guy think? with the ginormous arm from Florida who makes you think, oh, maybe Josh Allen, you know, redo or maybe something like that. And so there's, there's that. There's C.J. Stroud, who just had a couple of back-to-back Heisman finalist years, who I think a lot of people think of him as a really good NFL quarterback here. So I do think that if they go out, sort of show that arm, show their ability to, to, to get out of the pocket and everything else and just sort of, like I said, be a workout darling, I think that helps them move up. Normally, I would say you look for flaws. I think right now you're just looking mm. for strengths but you're of the opinion this is a great draft class because you said that you have a couple that are going to that's not a guarantee every year that a couple hit you know there's odds no- are they're going to work out mm-hmm. Sedano on the decisions to throw or not to throw 
Tony, I'm totally okay with Bryce Young not throwing because he's by far the most polished quarterback of these guys, and I don't think he needs to throw. The other thing is he doesn't have the arm strength that those other guys possess. So I I think that that could then start to be a situation where people will nitpick against him. He's already dealing with the fact that he's not as big in stature as those guys, but his polished nature as a quarterback, his footwork, the way he can place the ball, it's the best of that particular group. But the guy who can succeed the most, to Izzy's point, is Anthony Richardson because he's the biggest wild card in all of this thing. Like, there were games when you watched Florida last year where you're like, oh, my God, this guy is a surefire, you know, first-round NFL player. And then you watch him like, oh, my God, is, is he a guy that should even go into the draft? So I think he has the biggest upside for sure when it comes to this. On Levis, Stroud, and Richardson throwing, Woody Page, or on Young not throwing? I think Young's taking the right approach to this, although going to the combine, we're going to find out exactly how tall he is. People wonder whether he's 5'9", 5'10 5'11". I don't think that matters as much anymore. What mm-hmm. we see in quarterbacks in the NFL, as even though they are knocked down by defensive linemen trying to throw passes, I still think they're able to move around and actually be able to see the field. But I don't think Young should throw. He's the number one draft pick at this point. Why not wait for your pro day, script all of your passing schemes, and wait for that? But Anthony Richardson does need to be at the draft, needs to be throwing to show us exactly what that arm is like. Because as George pointed out, he was inconsistent last year. I told you, Anthony, about three weeks ago, I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft. I still believe that, but he's got to prove it during the combine. The other two guys should throw. They're probably not, though, I think. I love it when you call me by my given name, Woody. Only my mom, my priest, and my Woody. Uh, Harry Lyles Jr., how about you? This is absolutely year-by-year, a case-by-case basis. If you're C.J. Shroud, I take that game I had against Georgia, and I don't pick up a football again all offseason because you showed teams everything that they needed to see in that one game. If you're Bryce Young, you have two years' worth of film that you could say, hey, look, there's a bunch of NFL starting quarterback caliber items here, and so you also don't have to throw. But Woody said the magic word, scripted. If you are an Anthony Richardson, if you are a Will Levis, and you are trying to put yourself in the best position to gain some stock, you have to do this at your pro day. The two most legendary items that we've ever seen these cases of are Johnny Manziel when he had his perfect script and George W. Bush showed up at his pro day and Jamarcus Russell because, my goodness gracious, once Al Davis right. saw that pro day and that big arm, it was <laughs> right. These are not so exactly great examples you're giving us, Harry. Not exactly. But their draft, but their draft stock went up. That's the entire point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one I remember, uh, Zach, you know, remember – Zach Wilson, the fame throw he made and how it wooed the Jets in the draft team number two. And where are the Jets today? Well, they're in a QB carousel. Let's talk about that. Mm. Their first choice is reportedly Aaron Rodgers. And then the other scenarios they are reportedly exploring include Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith 2.0. George, give me a guess at least for Jets starter week one. Tony, I think it should be Derek Carr because they need a leader in that locker room. While Derek Carr is a average to above average quarterback, 
I think that what they need is a leader. You look at what he did during the John Gruden situation into Rich Basaccia. He carried them into the playoffs. He was a good leader in that scenario. The Jets have a very young team, particularly on offense. And last I heard, you know, the New York media is a little challenging to, to deal with. He may have to deal with Isola nah, and company. Nah, so he, maybe he Isola. I'll give you Isola. Everybody else is just a puppy dog at this point. Woody Page. I just assumed Carr was going to go to New Orleans. That seemed like uh, such a good fit for them. But if the Jets can get Carr, I think you're right, George. He's a guy that fits into this. George he fits is right. into any locker room. George. I've gotten to know him. Yeah, I've gotten to know him. He's a great guy. And he is uh, better than what you think, I believe. George, the guy's get someone you could get to the Super Bowl with. That's not going to happen with Tannehill. That's not going to happen. Uh, well, it might happen with... Aaron Rodgers, but I, Tannehill is not leading you. Harry Lyles Jr., Jets starter week one. I certainly don't want it to be Aaron Rodgers because you don't want to spend money and give up assets on a guy who, for the second consecutive year, has not been sure whether or not he wants to play football for $60 million. To me, it's easily Derek Carr because if you look at the roster that this team has, you have the offensive player of the year, the rookie offensive player of the year, and defensive as well. So you have a young team and another guy, too, that could have been it in Brees Hall had he stayed healthy. If you add a Derek Carr onto this team, he's a quarterback that's good enough when he's got the pieces around him, and he's going to be the type of guy to uplift. That's three for Derek Carr, who made one playoff run in his entire time and with the Raiders and was asked not to show up the last couple of weeks. Israel Gutierrez, is it, is it Carr for you? If I'm the Jets, I want Derek Carr also. But uh, I think Derek Carr would want to be indoors in New Orleans and be able to rack up those types of numbers there. I think the Jets kind of feels like a Jets uh, move. They're going to end up with Ryan Tannehill. And they're going to be okay. Fire yourself next. Around the Horn is brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Lakers Grizzlies tonight, LeBron James out. And if the report is true and it's as bad as it's feared and maybe as, as LeBron thought when he said it popped, 
on Sunday. LeBron James expected to be out several weeks with the foot injury. George, can the Lakers survive without LeBron or is it over? Tony, they can survive, but Anthony Davis is going to need to play like the guy we saw a couple of months ago where we were talking about him potentially being an MVP candidate. And they're going to need D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell, who's dealing with an ankle injury of his own, could be back soon. He's one of the best pick-and-roll players in the sport, and he's a great spot-up shooter. They need everyone available if LeBron isn't available. Woody Page, can the Lakers survive? Yes, they can. Anthony Davis without... LeBron James, the four years they've been together, has averaged 28 points and 16 rebounds. He's going to take over this team. They've got the easiest schedule, according to ESP Analytics. The rest of the way, I think if they can get through March with 10 home games, Tony, that they'll be okay to make the uh, play-in. Harry Lyles, Jr.? Yeah, I think that they can, even though a lot of that offense revolved around LeBron. Two guys that do need to be there, like George said, Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell. And with that schedule, Woody, 54% of games would be won by an average team, according to ESPN Analytics. So they just got to be a little bit better than good. And there's not a lot of teams in front of them that are, like, just amazing right now. So, yeah. Okay. They are 5-9 and nine without LeBron this year, guys. Everybody is buying the Lakers without LeBron. This is incredible. Israel Gutierrez, how about you? No, that word can is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yes, if they, with the easiest schedule remaining, if they play to their potential, if Anthony Davis stays healthy, if these shooters don't go into a slump, yes, they can probably go about 13 and 8, get 42 wins, and and settle into a play-in tournament. But come on, like we were just saying a week ago, if LeBron James stays healthy, and now we're looking at him missing a couple of weeks, so you can't really put any sort of prediction on this. You just have to assume at least one more thing is going to go wrong, and they're going to be hovering around 500 fighting for a play-in. Again, I'm sensing a change in tone for Israel Gutierrez. And this will be the last time we talk about the Lakers. Good. We move on. Knicks pounding the Celtics last night. 109-94. Just constricting Boston's offense with airtight defense. Or fouling if you're Jason Tatum frustrated with the referees last night. So he got his first ejection ever. The balance of New York's offense and undefeated since Josh Hardstraight. And surging to the five seed and nine games over 500, believe it, the New York Post had on the back page. Six in the city, the Daily News had. Uh, Woody, do you believe these Knicks? How real are these Knicks? I don't believe in them as much as the tabloids in New York City do, but I think that they're a mid-range type team in the playoffs, but they're not going to beat those top three teams, Tony. There's not a chance of that happening. They're going to play Boston again this weekend. Let's see what the pages in New York say then. That's what the pages in Denver say. Harry Lyle Jr., how about you? (laughs) Yeah, believe it. Like, what are they? The 2007 Warriors? I think they're a little bit better than that. I mean, we got to give this team some some semblance of credit. Six wins in a row. And they might be able to win the season series with the Celtics for the first time in 10 Mm -hmm. years. Okay. And that's pretty good when they're, one, at the very worst, one of the two best teams in the NBA. Right. So if you can beat the season series versus the Celtics, can you be a team that's real in the playoffs? Is Rick Gutierrez? Get back to it. Well, look, only one team can win a championship any year. So is it only you are for real if you win a championship? No, the Knicks are for real. Why? Because you have to be, historically speaking, the numbers say top 12 in net rating or top 12 in offense and defense. They're in top 12 in both, and they're actually better on offense than uh, the Knicks are. And so you look at what they have, and they are absolutely. I think that newspaper uh, headline is shooting low. They should strive for five because they'll probably get that five seed the way they're playing. They're very well constructed. Jalen Brunson made a huge difference in organizing that team, and they're obviously going to play good defense. 
defense with that head coach. So yeah, I mean, they're as for real as the Knicks are going to get. <laughs> are you preparing a 30 for 30 on the Knicks? That was incredible, but <laughs> and George Sedano, how about you? Tony, this is the prototypical Tom Thibodeau team. They are underdogs, lunch pail, blue collar, a bunch of guys who weren't valued by their previous teams going out there and playing hard every single night. That's exactly what Tibbs wants. He wants his guys to play hard. He wants his guys to play defense. And the offense will come along to Israel's point because Jalen Brunson has been a good, uh, an incredible distributor and scorer of the basketball. And he's made Julius Randle to be the guy we saw two seasons ago. Okay, so, so I do think they're good. But Let's I don't think, the I think they're They've a great won one playoff season. series in the last, what? They're a good regular season Can story. they win a playoff series this year? Can they, can they match what they did? Cleveland. They can beat Cleveland. Yeah? Okay. They can beat Cleveland. Harry uh, no. Lyles Jr. front row seats for a Sedano Gutierrez showdown. Next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. New York Rangers making some news today. Trading for Patrick Kane. Three-time Cup champion. Seven-time All-Star going to New York. But the other news involving the Rangers, not as good. Ke'Andre Miller, well, he claimed it was an accident. The accidental spit on Drew Doughty. He's apologized personally to Doughty and to everybody. Today, the league did not buy the accidental spit defense, and they suspended Miller for three games. George, does the punishment fit the crime? Absolutely not, Tony. Most disrespectful thing you can do to someone is spit on them. Okay, look. He needs to get at least four or five games for this because that's gross and completely disrespectful. Israel? George, you've been here before. I was once uh, doing an interview on the sideline with a former MVP. Tony would call him rascally, perhaps. And he sort of let a little (laughs) bit of spittle just kind of fall right on my nose. And I spent the entire rest of the interview wondering if he saw that, if the country could see this. That was an accident, George. This, no accident. As many games as you can. All right, yes. Spittle is spittle. It's an accident. The rascally Russell Westbrook, I'm I'm sensing, was... uh, Whoa! Whoa, I didn't say his Okay, name. Uh, it was on TV. On. We all saw it. This was not, okay, we'll split the point. This was, yes, not an accident. We'll move on. Giannis on The Daily Show. So I wrote you some trash talk right here, and I want you to go to camera three right now. Joker, how are you going to make it through the finals where you look like you can barely make it through a Burger King drive-thru? Kevin Durant, let's go. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about 
how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team. KD, you're one of the best scorers to ever play this game. <laughs> he couldn't even go I through with it without game. a mea culpa. Israel grade Giannis' performance. I mean, the delivery is basically classic Giannis, but I'm not going to give it a letter grade, A, B, C, D, F. I'm going to give it, or none of those letter grades, I'm going to give it a G, because it's Giannis. Everything he says is kind of dad jokey, not that funny, but you kind of laugh through the pain. Mm -hmm. Tony, I'm going to give him an F, because when he won the championship, he talked about not joining a super team to win a championship. So he should have stood by and not done the mayor culpa. No. A G, a grade of G, and rated G, as Giannis is too. God. Love him so much. Israel Gutierrez, the G, the FaceTime. So, Tony, if anybody out there needs a little bit of NCAA March Madness uh, in their life right now, but it's a little too soon, I recommend checking out Game 3 tonight of the OTE semifinals between the Word of God Holy Rams, a high school out of North Carolina, and the YNG Dreamers, a team from OTE. I was there last week experiencing some of these games, and man, it is intense. It is very high-level basketball. And if you catch Game 3 tonight, Game 2 is quite chippy. Game 3 is going to be amazing. There's a couple of names I'll give you to look at. There's Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. He's going to make you make a couple moves that's just going to make you say wow and then Isan Almanza from the YNG Dreamers a big man definitely going to be in the league the games are so intense you aired a half-court shot right Israel 